0: Hello, and welcome to Natural Geekery. This is a podcast that focuses on role playing games, creativity, storytelling, and the flow that can happen when friends or strangers sit down with some dice, some rules, and decide to tell a story. It's also about the community we all share with the hobby and the people that play, run, and produce these games we love. My name is Brian. Welcome aboard. Hello everyone. Well, here we are at the end of another year. And in this case, uh, a year like no other in recent memory. Uh, It appears that 2021 is on its way. Uh, When this show airs, it'll only be a few days before New Year's be right around the corner. Before we get into the show, I want to take a moment and do a bit of reflection. I've saved this for the end of the year because it seems right to talk about it now and as about, you know, as we are about to tuck the, the year away. Um, yeah, I just want to kind of sit back and share something. Uh, this time last year I wasn't making this podcast. I had started with season one and then after, well, an amazing series of interviews. Yeah. I'm not sure what happened. I hit a wall. Uh, Like a lot of new podcasters, I I don't think I was ready for the sheer amount of work all of this could be. And in addition, I don't think I was sure where to go. And, And the combination wasn't a good one. And unfortunately, I made the best decision I could at the time, which was, hey, it's not going any further, and I'll just wrap this podcast up and tuck it away as yet another unsuccessful and failed idea. And, you know, that was... That was my brain at the time, right? Now, as we all know, by simply listening to this episode or the last 21 episodes, and we're counting episode zero for season two, for those truly keeping track at home, uh, it would appear the podcast was not done with me. It, It wouldn't leave me alone. I would spend time trying to figure out what would be the best move. I wasn't happy with just putting it aside and being done with it you know, what could I do that would get me excited again? One of the ideas I had when I first started the show back during season one was I thought I'd get around to doing a series that would focus on my love of solo role-playing. And it's an odd idea, which is solo role-playing anyway, is an odd idea, but it's finally starting to gain some traction over the past few years. And it's, it's something for us us folks, us gamers that deeply love role-playing games, but don't have access to a local game or a group, or maybe just simply don't have the time except for some stolen hours, you know, when, when the kids have gone to bed or maybe to entertain us during a small chunk of a lunch hour or something like it, it was just, it's, it's something that's there for us that maybe don't have a local game. I fell in love with solo role-playing games, uh, before I discovered the initial release of Mythic, which was around circa 2007, I think, I was doing it previously, but Mythic sort of helped light the way, you know, and being able to, to play solo games, I wanted to really share that love and, and the joy I had had with the stories I had come up with. And I had initially thought I could do it with a series here on the podcast by myself and place it in between interviews as they came up problem with this was that most of my life, like most of us, I was dealing dealing with some nasty self-doubt and I was convinced it would never go anywhere. It wasn't a thing. And this past year started and the show was kind of, I don't know, on hiatus and I kept thinking of ideas and somehow I could, I thought maybe I could revive the show and kick things off and it just continued to percolate in my brain, you know? I did a couple test runs and nothing really seemed right, and life sort of yeah, just continued. Then in February of this year, my wife and I came down with what the doctors believe was COVID. Uh, we weren't able to get tested because during that time, you could only get tested if you had severe uh, uh, symptoms, and, and we did not. Uh, we were very fortunate and that we had a mild case. But but even that mild case, it knocked us off our feet for three weeks. And lying awake at night, coughing, checking my temperature, checking the temperature of my wife, wondering if or when things are going to get worse for my wife or for me or for both of us, and knowing that if, if it did we would be going into the hospital and when we did that we would be separated and possibly not seeing each other again due to the protocols that are still in place and something happened to me in those in those 2 weeks when the symptoms were at their worst and it it triggered I don't know it triggered something and I realized This was all we had, this day, this evening, that time had been wasted. It, It wasn't just about the podcast. It was about anything involving creativity, anything involving creation, anything involving anything I loved or held dear, gaming, hiking, art, any of it. Tomorrow, I might not be able to do it again or share it again. So, yeah, again, I was fortunate. I had a mild case but it was enough, you know? It did its job. In the weeks that followed, I started putting the initial plans down for some sor- some form of GM-less actual play. I wasn't really sure I, I, what was going to happen, I decided I really didn't care if it was successful or not. I just felt this calling, and, well, I was going to give it a go, because why not? Uh, my, my brush with this thing that we're calling COVID, you know, it taught me that waiting was not a good option. Um, so yeah, I, I contacted Dr. Hip and true to his indomitable form, he jumped in with both feet. Uh, I introduced him to Mythic and to the Concept. We did our first test runs in March on a Discord server I made and... We were finally able to get things going in July. And matter of fact, it all sort of happened I mean we, we decided I don't know, it was just we, we were talking about it and I decided to hit record and that was that was episode zero. And we were able to get it all set up and ready to go for July just in time for a Gen Con that would unfortunately not happen. And yeah. No, that was how things kicked off this year. So Why am I going down this memory lane? You're like, okay, all right, why? Well, it's because I think it's important to understand the backdrop of why this episode, this particular guest, is important to me. A year ago, if you would have told me that the creator of the Mythic Solo role-playing game engine... Tana Pigeon would agree to come onto the show, I would have laughed and waved my hand. Like, why would she, right? But that would have been then, right? Now, well, here we are, and you, my friends, are about to listen in. A lot can happen in a year, right? The podcast is still rolling along. The actual play has turned into a heck of a lot of fun and created so much material that Dr. Hip and I are having a hard time keeping up with it all. Uh, we're not blowing anyone away on the podcast charts, but I don't care. I really don't care. We also, we are small and mighty and we are having a blast. And if one person listens to this show and gets a smile or a distraction or more importantly, inspiration, then things are good. Things are damn good. And I guess guess one of the big lessons of 2020 for me is this. Don't waste your time wondering about whether it will or will not pan out. It's far better to just do it, sort it out later. So there. (laughs) Yeah, so that's why I went down memory lane. I'll be back at the end of the interview to talk about things moving forward and plans for the show into 2021. In the meantime, please sit back and enjoy my wonderful discussion with Tana Pigeon about role-playing, solo role-playing, and the creation of the Mythic Game System. I will see you on the other side. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Natural Geekery. And today we have a very special guest on the show, and that special guest is uh, Tana Pigeon, and they're the creator of Wordmill Games, who is uh, who publishes Mythic which if you are a listener of the show at all, you know we use Mythic as the backbone for our Wild is Plus uh, gaming, little actual play experiment that we do. And it is a really cool privilege to be able to talk to Tana about uh, the Mythic system and how they got started and about role-playing games in general. Um, As I said, they're the creator of the WordMill Games and its varied product line. Uh, They do the Mythic Game Master Emulator or GM Emulator. They also have a Crafter series that is different publications that allow you to create monsters, locations, and adventures all from your own creativity and random die rolls. They are amazing and wonderful tools for role-playing games or just creativity and storytelling. And uh, Mythic was released in 2003. It's available through uh, drivethrough.com. you can also find it on the Wordmill Games site. All of that's going to be listed down in the show notes. But it is a platinum-selling product that finally made solo role playing a possibility using any role playing game product. So, without further ado, uh, welcome, welcome Tana, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Brian. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm super happy to have you on. Uh, I have, I have been using Mythic for my own little solo role playing game experiments for we'll just say many moons and uh, was with you with the first incarnation and all the way up through variations too. So, which we use in Wildest Plus. So it's wonderful. Yeah. It's great to get a chance to talk to you. So, um, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. What, what do you do uh, in your free time? Do you do publishing full-time? Like, just give the listeners a little idea of, of who you are, what you do.
1: Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, actually, I, I do run a publishing company. Uh, that's where the, the name WordMill comes from. It um, started off as a graphic design company, and I, I do publications and things like that. And, of course, it was natural to put uh, Mythic and my role-playing endeavors uh, under the same umbrella. So that's what I do professionally. Um okay. I've been doing that for a long time. I've been running my own business for about 20 27 years or so. Um and I've been of course I've been playing role playing games since I was a little child. Um, oh, excellent. It's a, it's a real pleasure to be able to mix my role playing love for role playing in with my uh graphic design and publishing pursuits and these days honestly the um mythic is probably the, pretty much a full-time job for me at this point.
0: Yeah, I know. I I believe it. I know that you've. There's been so many uh, products come out that you have, have put together. Um, now, do you work? Do you work on those? Just this is just all you, or do you have a team of people that help you come up with these ideas? Or
1: it's all me. Uh, ah, there's wow. me and a uh, very talented artist that I've been using the last. Uh, ooh, probably the last three or four products, uh, Jorge Munoz. So he does all my art, um, which I'm really grateful for. I love the consistent style of the the art style through the products. But yeah, I do all the writing. I do all the play testing. I do the graphic design. I do the layouts. I Mm -hmm. do the websites. Yeah, that's a, it's a huzzah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I take out the garbage. I pay the bills. Yeah. Yeah. Any
0: any tips on how you juggle all that? Because I may need some.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've just been. I've been doing this for a long time, and my, yeah. the, the business that I run is the same thing. I've I've handled everything.
0: Uh, okay.
1: For for twenty seven years, and I'm just used to it.
0: Yeah, you've just had you've had plenty of time to to rough the to sand the rough spots down, right?
1: Yes, pretty much. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. So uh, one of the first questions I like to ask everybody um, is, is your, tell us your origin story with role-playing games. Uh, What was your first experience? Yeah. What was, what was your backstory there?
1: (laughs) You know, I I love to say it was something super exotic, but it's just like 99.9% of everyone else out there who loves role-playing games. I was introduced to them as a kid and just completely fell in love with them. I think Mm -hmm. my, very first memory of a role-playing game was probably walking into a bookstore when I was maybe 10 or 11 years old. It was this really lovely bookstore called Imagine That downtown, and I was just kind of browsing through the shelves, and I saw this box on a shelf with a dragon on it, and it was one of those very early editions, box editions, of Dungeons and Dragons, and this was back in the day before... Uh, dice were common, so the game actually came with little, little chits you can put in a cup to draw random numbers from. You know, it was, it was that primitive. Yes, yes, I, I, yes, okay. It, uh, it just blew my mind. I was like, oh my god! It, and so that really started for me, and ever since then, I've I viewed role playing games as, as not so much games, but like novels and stories that we can live in and experience, and that's always. Which's been the magic for me?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I have similar experience as well. The um, it's it's that creativity. It's that yeah. You you turn around and you find you've told a, a really cool story that you can't find anywhere else because you made it up on your own. Now, when you uh, when you started, did you have uh, did you find a group of friends to play with? Was it something where it was kind of you, you you had the game and then did you take it to your friends and play it or did how did you have a group? or
1: yeah initially uh my my brother got into it and so i played it with him and his friends and then okay. um i eventually got my own friends <laughs> 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 got my own gaming group and yeah. uh started playing with them and did that uh for a long time and then you know like most people i got older and got more responsibilities and lost touch with uh with friends and such who were yeah. who had the time to play and so my gaming morphed into other avenues.
0: Right. Right. And as that, um, that leads me maybe into my next question, because what led you to be like, what led you to turn around and be like, you know, I think I'll build a solo role-playing game engine, you know, like right. how? what, what was the turnaround for you or what was the inspiration or like what led to that?
1: I don't know. This is going to sound really sad. I don't know. Actually now I think of it, uh, a lot of people are probably going to relate to this, but uh, as a kid, I was very, very introverted, and I, you know, I've always been introverted and very much in my imagination. And uh, I, I could spend hours sitting on the floor at the public library reading books on fantasy and things like that. And so I spent a lot of time in my room as a kid, and I loved making games. I would make just paper and pencil, and I'd sit down and just make board games, things like that. And even then, the games tended to be. Kind of story driven in a way you know a, a character mm-hmm. going through a world or something and so uh when i discovered role-playing games um i i basically played them by myself a lot in just in my room or in the living room i could spend a weekend laying on the floor with paper and pencil and ch- my chits in a cup and uh, just yeah. Yeah. so it, it was that what eventually started to get me thinking there's there's got to be a better way of doing this. Um, I really loved the Choose Your Own Adventure books. I loved the uh, the attempts at solo modules, which basically followed that same vein, right. but it, it left me unsatisfied. You know, I wanted something more robust, and that's so that became the genesis of um, you know how I got on this path of making Mythic.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. And I I can totally relate to that myself because. I I also was pretty introverted. I was kind of a I think there's an extrovert introvert category you can fall into. I was, sure. but I was I was very introverted and spent a lot of time uh building adventures and then taking characters through them or figuring out doing uh kind of doing complicated battle scenes and playing them out with graph paper and pencils and dice on my bed in my room and just, you know, because other folks couldn't play at the same time that I was right. free. So, and I didn't want to do anything else. Gosh, darn it. So yeah, I, you, I totally relate to that.
1: You, you fall in love with it too, because yeah, since absolutely. it is all in your head and in your imagination, it becomes something very, very personal. And so it's, uh-huh. um, yeah, you just, you, you really, you really start to love it.
0: Yeah. And it, it's um, yeah, it's just, and it's a wonderful, it ends up, ended up for me being just a wonderful creative tool to, to write and to continue other forms of creativity so i get it i totally relate to that um when you were putting mythic together and trying to to work out how like what was the biggest trouble or issue you had to like getting mythic to work um was there i always like to say uh when i i had designed a little garage kit role-playing game many moons ago a long time ago and I used to say I used to take it for test drives to see if the engine knocked, you know, <laughs> like right. see if the tires fell off. Uh, what were problems like that when you were building Mythic? Did you have that that kind of slowed you down or? Well, do you
1: want the the short answer or the long answer to that? Because the long answer is pretty complicated.
0: Oh, boy. Oh, how much time we got? Um, <laughs> I I say the long answer. Okay. Uh, whatever right. you're comfortable with. Whatever you're comfortable well,
1: with. You asked for it. Okay, um, here we go. Strap in. It It was... It was a real process. Um, Once I got interested in wanting to make some kind of a solo engine, I got really obsessed with it. And I was probably about 13 or 14 at the time. And I had a lot of interests. Like I was into computer programming and that got me interested in artificial intelligence. And I tried to write, write programs to emulate um, people talking to you. And then Mm -hmm. later on I got into psychology and got a psychology degree and I got interested in tarot card reading. And all the while I was tinkering with a solo engine and the earliest versions of it were like just tables and table or pages and pages of random tables. I mean, literally like hundreds of random tables to try to think of every conceivable situation that could come up in a game. And of course that was not workable. It was just pure chaos that, and that led me to, thinking like, okay, well, computer programming and artificial intelligence, and that led me to like logic. And Tarot opened my eyes to how you can have a, you know, like a practical paper uh, device that can answer complex questions. So that said to me that this is possible. And I probably went through about 10 versions of Mythic over the course of like 10 or 12 years that, were all really unsatisfying to me until I finally got to this, like what what people see as mythic now. And so that it, it took a while. Um, just all those early versions just did not feel right. And it just wasn't that thing that that felt alive that I was looking for.
0: Right. Oh man, I am so glad we went with the longer version. Um, <laughs> I because I uh, I also have an interest in tarot cards and and using like they are a perfect. Uh, tool for answering complex questions mm-hmm. and i used to when i was i would pull a tarot card sometime to figure out well what's my character going to do next or yeah. what is what is the npc going to do and i would pull a tarot card and use them or sometimes if i was uh horribly i'd por- horribly procrastinated uh for a game i was about to run uh because i had a long running campaign for a couple years and i would a couple days before i'd be like oh i'm in trouble grab the tarot cards and throw three cards down and be like, okay, what's going to happen. And that's, uh, I'm so glad we asked the longer questions. So I could hear that because, uh, it's, it, it's, uh, it in itself is a cool tool. And I can see how that would have helped you to spark.
1: It is. And one yeah. of the earlier versions of mythic basically was tarot cards. Uh, oh,
0: cool. Okay. And
1: I, I, tr- I to get it to work that way. And it's just the, the nature of tarot, uh, it, it it can answer any question, but it's 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 slow, and it's yeah. You have to, it's very interpretive. Um,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Maybe maybe too interpretive for sitting down and and playing a game. Um, mm-hmm. But the fact that it could answer any question at all is like that was that was like the big light bulb over my head.
0: Yeah, right, right. Oh, that's fa- that's really great. That's fascinating. Um, so it sounds like it took many, many years to get that first edition out, like to get to the point where you were happy with it and, and made decision, you know, with your, with your, you know, your full-time job as a publisher and a graphic designer to be like, Hey, I'm going to take this. I'm going to put this out. So this was probably a decade or more for you to get it to that. Yeah, point.
1: It was. Yeah. And you, you look at mythic now and it seems like such a simple idea. And, but it just, it took me a ridiculously long time to get to that simple idea and, Mm-hmm. It had all these complex influences that kind of finally distilled into this. And I was probably close to 30 years old when that, you know, that finally got to that point. Right. And then I, I used it for myself for years. Uh, honestly, um, I never thought anyone would be interested in it. So Mythic was just a collection of loose sheets of paper and a manila folder that I used for my own personal games for years.
0: Ah, okay. Okay. And then you find then there was just that, that... Uh... Did, was this a was it a decision on your own to be like no i think i'm going to publish this or did you had you shared it with other people at this point and and maybe they no, no i've never okay, i so hadn't shared personally. it with
1: anyone and it, oh at, wow at the, at the point i i got to a point where i just i loved it i just i loved it yeah. so much all my games were mythic and i i, I love role-playing games and i have uh, bookshelves of games and i would sit there and i think you know mythic is really fantastic and it belongs on the shelf with all those other games. And I just felt like it deserves the respect of being bound in a book. And so mm-hmm. that first edition of mythic I made was purely a vanity project that i I, I did the entire process just so I can make a single, single copy of mythic that I could put on my own shelf. Mm-hmm, I honestly nice. never thought anyone would be interested in it.
0: Okay. Wow.
1: So, uh, and I had to put it on, uh, I had to get it printed. So I put it on Lulu to uh, so I can print my own copy of it. And then at one point I ran across drive thru. I thought, you know what, why not? I'll just I'll put it on drive thru and we'll see if anyone's interested. Uh-huh. And people were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were. They were absolutely yeah. Uh, I was shocked. Honestly, I put it on drive thru and then I kind of Uh, I I didn't even look at drive through for a couple of months after that because I didn't expect Mm -hmm. to get any sales. I figured you know, Mythic was just so out there, it was just such a different idea that it would just kind of fade into obscurity. And then I was shocked when I looked like three or four months later and I saw all this activity going on with it. It's like, oh, Oh. what's going on here?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is such a cool story. And of course, I mean, I think people, I know I came into solo gaming just because I, with family with three kids um everybody going hither and yon in different directions not living in the same town this was before zoom and video conferencing and all of that and you here's this this love i've had a deep love of role-playing since you know a young kid like yourself and then you couldn't do that you i tried you would i of course i taught my kids how to play and then i would run games for them but it Kind of wasn't the same. You were still running games right. for a kid, and you weren't having that adult experience of telling a, a story together. And I turned. I, I I had started to kind of mess with things myself, and then I don't even remember how I stumbled onto Mythic and found the link. And and you know, here we are. I, I needed that product. I needed it to
1: right. to help me
0: out. And then I started doing my own gaming with it. So thanks
1: that's so much. Awful. That's great. You're welcome. I mean, that's yeah. it, it's an awful feeling. This. Uh, you have this love for role playing games, and then you feel shut out from it as an adult. You mm-hmm. get adult responsibilities and people going their separate ways, as you said, and it's it's a terrible feeling feeling locked out from this activity you loved ha- as a child. It engages your creativity. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah it's something like Mythic comes along, and over the years, I've gotten tons and tons of emails from people saying this very thing, uh, how grateful they were. To have that door opened again for them and I love those emails so much that I, my wall of my office here is is a little bit um paper with <laughs> I, I'll, I'll print them out and I'll stick them to the wall because I like to read them sometimes you know just sure but yeah it's, it's, I w- I'd love to hear that
0: yeah and it's it's uh it's been a it's been a great and important tool I know that um when so when you when you were running games, that's the question I was going to ask a little bit later, but I think it's good here. When you sit down, you sit down. You're going to play a solo game, play play Mythic. Do your games tend to be like short, episodic sessions, like almost like bottle stories, or do you go for like a long running campaign or like a sandbox style kind of thing and just let it take its own
1: head? You know, over the years, I've I've kind of been all over the place. Uh, okay. I've probably tried just about every way of, of playing it, and right right now, my favorite approach is uh, kind of sandbox. And I've always kind of loved the, uh, the kind of what if. And like my favorite way of doing it is basically to make a character and in, in, that I'm interested in in a world that I'm interested in, and I get a couple of details about the character. Um, and then plop them down and see what happens next. Mm-hmm. And that's about as far as I go. And then I'm always kind of delighted to see what path it takes. So for me, it feels like opening a window into another world and then just kind of watching what happens. And so that's uh, yeah. that's my current favorite play style.
0: Nice. I know, do you have, uh, what's, what's sort of the, what do you say the longest game you've got? Like a longest standing character that you have? ah in that like
1: you know a few of my characters last beyond uh more than a couple of adventures okay um, okay so yeah i I suppose in that sense my adventures are kind of like movies where uh the adventure will satisfy that kind of what if question i started off with and then for the next adventure i'll basically want to start over with something new
0: right 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 yeah that makes sense when you when you do you now do you GM much at all? Do you do you have a game group that you can play with and and sit around the table and?
1: I don't. I haven't had okay. that in years. I used to um, do a lot of uh, play by posts, which was. Uh,
0: oh yeah, right.
1: That de- was more uh, amenable to complicated schedules, but it made for some very you know very long games too.
0: Oh yeah, I've I, I played in a few of those as well, and they. Uh... They can they can take a while.
1: <laughs> yeah, a single adventure might take you a full year.
0: Right, right. They were fun. We ha- I had some really great experiences with them, but wow. They yeah. would depending on how ready to send a response the other players were, it could take a while. Um, yeah. So do you have a a memorable character or a memorable game that you wouldn't I, mind I, uh talking about?
1: I do actually. Okay. I, Probably my favorite role-playing game of all time is Call of Cthulhu. It's yes, the game I came up. Yeah, I, I hear that in your voice. It's yes, so satisfying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came across that. That's probably the second game I came across. And again, uh, walking through a store and seeing a box. And this time, instead of a dragon on the cover, there was you know a moldy old house and tentacles. And, right. So that that one really got me. And uh, there's, there's something <laughs> about I mean, the, the system itself works and is good, but it's the um, it's the genre that is so gripping. And mm-hmm. so I've done a lot of solo Call of Cthulhu games. And of course, you know, it rarely ends well for the <laughs> character. Uh, and my most memorable one is this poor, oh my gosh, she, she, this character went through absolute hell. And just, just some innocent uh, college student who, comes, who, of course, has some uncle's sheep never met who dies and she inherits his house and of course it's got secret libraries and terrible books and she unleashes accidentally some horrible spirit into the world that uh <laughs> ultimately she ends up having to murder someone who gets uh possessed by this spirit because she's trying to put the put the thing away you know put the the thing she unleashed put it away and right She ends up going insane and she gets arrested for murder because everyone thinks she killed just a regular person. And she ends up like in a, in a loony bin. And I'm like, wow, this is so grim. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's so dark. But I had so much fun. (laughs) 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 It was so satisfying. Yeah. And again, it was like this, the whole story just happened organically and was all generated by mythic. And it's just like, that's of all the stories I've played. That one still stands out in my mind.
0: Isn't that great. That's so much fun. Now how long did you like, was that uh, just kind of an, an, a single session or did you play that out over the course of a couple of weeks or
1: that one lasted over a couple of weeks that was yeah. one of my more involved um uh, sessions yeah i just i yeah. there, i i play a lot of games where uh i get bored with it and then i put it down and i'll maybe you know start something new but that that one i just kept coming back to
0: right right and th- uh this uh, another question just popped in my head and if I know that there are, there are um, listeners that are perhaps going listen to this for the first time and they're, t- they're like solo gaming. What is this solo role playing? What are you talking about? Um, walk us through like when you sit down, you you do you keep this all on paper? Do you keep this on a, a word document on your computer? Like little details as to how you get started. Right. You, sure. Of course, you make your character. But then, for instance, what would be a good starting question to, to get people who maybe is listening to the, for the first time and have never heard of solo role-playing, how would you maybe coach them to kick one
1: off? Well, I would suggest starting with an idea that excites you. Mm-hmm. Maybe that idea is a certain kind of character. Like you want to play a, a, a wizard or a survivor in a zombie apocalypse, or maybe, maybe it's something a little more abstract. Maybe it's like, um, you just got uh, a, a new, a new book of, ran, you know, random mutations or something like that. And you're just exci- <laughs> right. excited to play that. To to me, uh, the best solo games always start with a single wonderful idea that you want to explore. So, I think once you've kind of got that idea, the rest of it starts coming quite naturally. Now, I think mm-hmm. this is kind of how most people play. You anyway, I mean, obviously, you you start a role playing game, you open a character. Uh, section and something starts speaking to you so you think oh i want to play that i I think though that this kind of has to be stated when it comes to solo role playing because you don't have other players guiding you and kind of Mm -hmm. feeding you choices so a lot of times when people have not played solo they're not sure how to start like you just said and so uh, again i I think it makes it easy to just focus on the idea that got you to the table in the first place. And um, the the magic with solo role-playing really starts once you get that motion going, once you get that ball rolling. And so that initial Absolutely. idea that gets you excited is what is what gets that action happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, um, I know in my experiences, it's just start asking yes, no questions. Yeah. I, I think... Um, when I was first starting out, I know there was a, a difficulty. Right, there's like, what do I do next? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, okay, so if this is a situation, just start asking, "What if? What if this? Okay, yes or no." And it starts to, like you said, that get that momentum going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really great. That's good advice. Yeah, it'll start um, taking on a life of its own. Just, just. Oh man, start it. will it? Yep. Yeah, and sometimes you're not ready. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that's the, but that's where the, the real fun starts to happen when it starts to take the life of its own. Right. Now, do you, when you run your games, I'm curious, cause I do a lot of mine on paper, but do you, do you, do you keep it in a word file? Do you keep it in a notebook? How do you organize all of it?
1: You know, I've used different things over the years. Uh, th- these days I really just prefer doing everything on paper pencil mm-hmm. and paper and lists. And I just, I uh, like the tactile feel of, of the stacks. Although I, I have in the past, you know, I've used word. Like for a while there, I was basically running all my games like I was writing a novel, and so Mm -hmm. I made a word document. Each scene in my games was a chapter in this book, basically, and I would just write it out. And that you know that that takes some time, so that's one way I used to do it. But these days, it's yeah, it's pretty much just uh, paper and pencil.
0: Yeah. Okay. Have you had any games just? go uh i guess a quote-unquote belly up where it just hits a wall where uh things don't seem to be moving anymore or maybe that uh the storyline you or not the storyline but that inspiration like you said that important inspiration that got you to start it either fades or it doesn't seem to work have you ever had that happen
1: i I suppose so um I, i can't say i've ever really hit a wall because there's Mm -hmm. it's there's always a direction you can take it in Um, okay yeah the games almost always veer away from what i was originally thinking but then (laughs) that to me is is kind of the juice of this right yeah it's like um i i plot myself in this this other world and then i don't know what's going to happen next and so i might have some expectations i'm not displeased if it heads in a different direction that actually um I actually like that. So yeah. uh, the only time that it, that I might walk away is if I, uh, if I get kind of bored with it, you know, it, it might head in a direction that um, if I don't find it in, is interesting, then I will, uh, you know, I will drop it. And I yeah. don't think of that as a failing of the, of the system. That's just, okay, Well, this, this, is where this is going and I've, yeah. I've had enough of it.
0: No, I think that's an excellent point. There's, there's a, point where you yeah there's the the interest fades or the yeah it's, the the boredom kicks in or it this it went in a direction that is eh you know you kind of yeah um, you know and that, that's eh. fine with me because it still yeah. ans-
1: answered my initial what if question you're like right i i don't need to run it to the to the full conclusion to be satisfied with getting my answer
0: right right and i um and just i i know that in our wildest plus game a couple times when we have tried to uh we thought we knew which way it would go and we maybe tried to uh, tighten the reins a little bit and be uh-huh. like, okay, we're going to try and we're going to try and force it this direction. Now, now, <laughs> that's when it got hard. That's when right. that's when a lot of I don't know's happened. That's when a lot of I don't know what's going like this doesn't make sense. And we usually had to stop and drop back and be like, okay, okay, we got to let go of the reins. We're trying too hard. There's a, there's an element to solo games. I think where you can try too hard. I don't know if you agree with that
1: or not, but I do. I know. I love the fact that you just said it got hard and that, that's it. Like if yeah. you try to force your expectations, it actually makes it worse. I mean, oh, people might, yeah. like, a lot of people criticize or, uh, oracles and such and say, well, why don't you just make it up as you go? But the interesting thing is, uh, if you do that, it actually makes it worse. The um, <laughs> you you're really not as much in control as it seems. Uh, the, right. the the oracle is like a, a living game master, and it will take you in the direction that it chooses. And so, in that sense, you truly are a player in this, even if it is all uh, in your imagination. I mean, I, I had a game that long ago where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna play a superhero in a big city and just a standard let's go, you know, beat up some villains. And that, you know, just real, just, just simple. And yeah. before I know it, she's like, uh, she gets mixed up with this mad scientist. She gets thrown back in time. I'm like, what? And then she's like <laughs> stuck in the 1960s. And she's, and she ends up like um, uh, there's like two of her. And then like, because of the time paradox, and I'm like, what the heck is, it's something I completely just turned into like this whole kind of out of control Dr. Doc- Who thing, where she was trying to get back home. And, not just something wanted, I. <laughs> I yeah, just wanted I like, to beat up bad guys. <laughs> yeah, and I, well, this is fantastic. You know, I, I love yeah. the fact that it went so off the rails in in such a good way.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's the that's the real magic. That I think is the real magic with solo role playing and, and and mythic in general. It has that ability to just let it have its course and and hold on to the ride and respond how your character would. Don't try to control it.
1: Yeah, um, and, yeah, and that's absolutely. that's no different than if you're playing with it. Let's say you have a really good game master you like to play with, and you, you might be getting ready for a game, and you have expectations, and you, you show up and sit down at the table, and the game master has this idea they've been stewing over to, to spring on you. It's, it's It's just like that, you know, and you wouldn't want to squash that game master with your own expectations to say, Hey, I thought we were going to, you know, plunder the dragon's horde. Why are you like taking me on on, to the moon or something? But (laughs) it's um, yeah. You you let it happen and it's uh, it, it works best that way.
0: Yeah. I do want to ask, and I like to ask all my guests this as well. We are, we're in the middle of this, this Renaissance. Like, I don't know. I don't know about your thoughts on it, but I've never seen anything like it. Uh, with role-playing just coming to the fore um, more than ever before and just this explosion that's that's come up where do you where do you see things going where do you like if you could peer into a crystal ball or anything like that just your thoughts on
1: that uh it has been very interesting and i'm suspecting this past year with uh, covid has accelerated some of Mm. this because of no lockdowns and people uh having maybe some more time or on their hands to, to play um i see two things happening uh when it, when it comes to, to solo role playing I'm, you're starting to see it saturate uh the industry more and uh, you t- take something like iron sworn where it's yeah. uh, it's part of the game it's just a chapter you know it's part of the the system you know. I think you're going to see more of that. And that's, that's what I'm really hoping for, is that uh, as awareness of solo role-playing grows, it, um, it just becomes standard sections of games. But uh, on a kind of a bigger scale, it seems like role-playing games are... How do I put it? You're, you're, you're seeing more games that are like, experiential, that are more interested in like, how does a game make you feel and what does it draw out of you? And in that sense, seems to me role-playing games are getting more nuanced and getting kind of, I don't want to say more mature, but like more um, seeking some like deeper territory. It's, it's really fascinating.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I I have seen very much the same thing. There is, I mean, it, it, D&D is still good for let's go crawl in a dungeon and kill some monsters or, or, um, tell tell a story while we do that. But there seems to be this redirection, uh, redirection is the wrong word, but this interest in narratives, narrative storytelling mm-hmm. and telling a story. Yeah. And, and working out those intricacies there. Uh, and like you said, the more nuanced ideas that are coming out, um, it yeah. is really exciting.
1: It is. And I think, uh, I think these things, two things go together too. It's like you're getting more nuanced role-playing games and you're getting more interest in solo role-playing games. And both of those things are very psychological. They very much rely on, on you as a person and your inner resources. And so the two of those things coming together is a natural fit.
0: Excellent. Okay. I know that you just released the adventure crafter deck, which is basically a deck of cards that helps you build an adventure based on the adventure crafter book that you put out. I think that didn't that just come out recently, I believe just yeah, it was like a
1: couple of maybe two months ago.
0: Yeah. Okay. What, uh, what are your goals for things moving forward or any big plans you want to talk about or your next steps?
1: Uh, right now, uh, like this, this month, actually, I, I launched a Patreon page where I'm going to be uh, basically using it as a platform to um, produce what I'm calling Mythic Magazine. It's you know it's a monthly small publication PDF uh, with you know, kind of tips and commentary and new rules and you know variations and things that you can use with Mythic games or or crafter games. And so I'm really excited about that. I'll be putting that out every month, and it's. This is going to be a little treasure chest of 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 new tools and things, but on the kind of bigger scale, um, I'm finally working on a new version of of Mythic, and I'm calling it uh, Mythic Complete. And ooh, okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's the core Mythic uh, game with variations book uh, the variations put in a single book. Um, Okay. My main reason for doing this is. I don't. Well, I don't really like how Mythic looks as a book. It's uh, it's not the most attractive book. A, a lot of this is because, like what I said when I originally put it out, it was a vanity project. And I, I, it was the first one I ever did. And you know, after 17 years, especially, it looks really dated. And so I, I just it's kind of like how my uh, initial motivation for producing Mythic was to give it the respect of having it in a book. I feel that same motivation again, where I want to give it respect it being in a nicer book. So Mythic Complete is basically a prestige version of Mythic that uh, is going to look much better, much better layouts, better art. And I keep telling myself uh, it's uh, the content is going to be the same uh, as the books that are already out there. But I know I can't help myself and I'm probably going to end up putting some new stuff in there anyway. And so I'm not exactly sure what, <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what it's going to be. I can't quite call it mythic, mythic second edition because it's not going to be different enough. Uh, I don't okay. want to make, make people think that this is a new system. So I'm going to, I, I want to call it something else. It probably will be mythic mythic complete, but I'm, I'm expecting that to come out probably within about six months.
0: All right. Well, that's, that is, that is very exciting. I'm looking forward to that. All right. Well, uh, Tana, I thank you so much for being on the show. No, I, thank um, you. Yeah, I hope hopefully we can when have you back when the next Mythic book comes out. Maybe we can talk about that. Sure, and, that'd be fun. Yeah, I um I'm gonna look very hard at your Patreon. I want to see that magazine. So one of the things that I like to do with guests before we leave, it's a fun little game. It's a like a little fantasy D and D. Would you rather? Um and do you have? Would you happen to have a D twenty nearby? And if you not, you know what,
1: I I would. Hold on one second. Let me grab. it. Excellent. Glad you asked because I just bought some new dice and a new dice tray, and so I.
0: Oh no! Is this a is this an initial roll type situation? Is this
1: pretty close? Oh um, man! I'm oh, ridiculously man. excited to roll it.
0: Okay. All
1: right. Okay. So, go so ahead. okay, let's do this. I got sixteen.
0: Sixteen. Ooh, this is a good one. This, this goes to the uh, superhero story you were talking about. Would you rather have super hearing or super smell?
1: Oh, my goodness. Uh, that's a <laughs> tough, that, you know, that's a, that's a strangely tough one. I'm going to go with super smell just because i am been getting into a lot of cooking lately. And that would be a, such a useful tool for the kitchen.
0: Oh, I think that well played, well played. I, I think I would have to go with super smell maybe as well because I think super hearing, unless I had a way to turn it off, that You're would be right. that, that would could be get too very much. Annoying. Yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. Thanks. Well, again, thank you for being on the show. Um, you can find Wordmill Games online at wordmillgames.com. Check out uh, all the cool things there. Check out Mythic. Check out their Crafter series. I'm going to tell you the crafter series Tana has been a wonderful uh, gift for me as a game master um, because I can grab any of these and come up with something pretty creative and fast. Uh, and it's fun at the same time. I don't feel like I'm slogging through mud trying to come up with an idea. So
1: oh, between
0: yeah, between the adventure crafter and the other parts in that series, it's uh, mm, mm, chef's kiss. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah that uh, was great thank you for being on the show thanks for coming on uh, oh,
1: thanks for inviting me
0: absolutely and real quick before I go I just want to apologize for any horrible things we're doing on Wildest Plus that is not mythic <laughs> <laughs> no worries you know it's
1: great, great big beautiful world of role playing I love it all
0: yeah me too me too okay thanks for being on the show maybe we'll get you on in the next couple of months and okay. uh, have a great holiday thanks for being here
1: Thanks. You too.
0: All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And there we go. I want to thank Tana one more time for coming on to the show. I, I think I said thank you a couple bajillion times, but uh, yeah, I almost, I like to title the interview shows with a quote from something the guest has said. I think it's, I think it's a, it's a fun way to title the shows. And this show was almost titled, uh, Tana said something about role-playing games and saying that it was something very, very personal. And I almost titled the show something very, very personal. But I figured that in a way that sort of inspired me for the intro that you all heard. So instead I, I named it what we, what we have now. But it was a special show. It was a great discussion. And I certainly hope she agrees to come back sometime in 2021 so we can talk more and share in the success of her future projects. Uh, you will find all the links you would ever need for Tana and Wordmill Press Games down in the show notes. So check them out. Make sure to give them a look if you think you might want to give solo gaming a go. OK, uh, it's all down there. That's a year, kids. We did it. <laughs> Huzzah! Uh, next week, we are taking a break on Natural Geekery. We are going to get recharged and to get ready to get the new year underway with the show. Uh, we'll be back on January 13th with another episode of Wildest Plus, where we will see what happens with our heroes and their most recent encounter with the Shadow Fae in the ancient ruins. And... While I'm on the subject of Wildest Plus, a huge, huge thank you to my partner in Geekery, Dr. Scott Steele, for joining me in this wild, quote unquote, dodgeball role-playing game experiment. I couldn't imagine doing it without the pal. Thank you. Okay, so I want to cover other items for the coming year before we wrap up. And one of those is you will notice an increase in interviews next year. I have quite a few lined up for you and more are getting scheduled the next few weeks. So I think you'll enjoy the spectrum we're going to cover on the show. And I hope that'll bring you back to the show to listen more. Uh, and if you want to be on the show for an interview, more's coming up on that in just a minute. In just a few days, the naturalgeekery.com site, it will change over to our new show directory on pod pages. Um, Man, I can't wait to flip those switches on January 1st. I thought about flipping them early and I was like, no, 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 stick to the plan, stick to the plan, man. So on January 1st, I will be making the switch so the naturalgeekery.com link will go directly to the Pod Pages directory, which I think is really pretty and gorgeous and I like it a lot. Uh the WordPress blog will continue to run, no fears there. But the two main sites for the show will be the Pod Pages site with its included blog, which will we will uh grace the new year with with some sort of entry. I have no idea what. And the Patreon site. And as we're talking about Patreon, another thing that will occur in early January, probably at the first of the year as that the top two tier prices are going to drop in price for the foreseeable future. Uh, hopefully this will give folks an opportunity to jump into the community there. In addition, I'll be working to add more game content from our wildest plus game world into the Patreon for anyone that might want to use it for their own game or just as inspiration or something fun to read. Uh, yeah, as a side note, one of my personal projects for the new year is I'm running a D&D 5th edition game for my oldest in our Wildest Plus world, actually. It's going to be on the other side of the world, but it's going to be in the same world. And so as that wraps up, I'll share that content there as well. So there'll be tons of stuff coming up there on the Patreon. And we'll, of course, continue to offer our bonus episodes and our bonus episode content as well. And that could take the form of maybe another solo game. Um, I'm still working on that thinking that might be a thing that could be fun. Um, of course we'll do more backstory or the occasional bonus interview, that sort of thing. So yeah, big plans, big goals. That's all part of New Year's, right? Got to set something up to shoot at. Got to put some bottles on the fence, see how it goes. If you'd like to support the show, you can do that a number of ways, many of which are completely free. Um, You know, number one, you can leave a positive review on the podcast player or directory of your choice. You can email us at naturalgeekery.com, naturalgeekery at gmail.com, sorry, with comments, suggestions, questions. If you want to be on the show, you can contact me there. At that email or on any of the social media platforms listed down in the show notes, then you might ask, "Oh, how is that supportive? How is that supportive to leave, to leave us an email or to send us a question or to engage with us?" It's the engagement. It lets us know that someone is interested in the show. So, uh, if you if you are if you just want to send us an email, go for it. That's what we live for. Um, Also, as an aside of an aside, you can uh, write us at our physical address. I have a P.O. box for the show. And I love fountain pens, and I love writing and pen pals. So feel free. Check out the physical address and send us a card or something. That'd be cool. Uh, I I love getting mail from the fans. Um, If you want to do a bit more for the show, then you can check out our Patreon. Join the community there. I want to thank all of our current patrons for their support and interest. Um, Again, a year ago, I would not have thought I would have started a Patreon, but I have, and some people have jumped on, and it's just, it's been so inspiring that people have jumped on the Patreon and are there helping us and supporting us in this show uh, because of you, the show has been able to offset the monthly cost of our podcasting host, which has helped immensely. I know it doesn't sound like much, but it's helped. Um, you've enabled me to get a few items of equipment for future fun. Um, my lovely wife gifted me a TASCAM hand recorder for future projects down the road. I got it for Christmas this year. And because of the patrons, I was able to go ahead and pick up some accessories. So thank you. I just can't say it enough. Thank you so much for all your support. Um, yeah, if a monthly subscription doesn't work for you, then then you can do a one-time donation. We have a paypal.me link that's also listed down in the show notes. You can check that out. And yeah, or, you know, if you can't do any of the above, that's just fine. As I said in the very first episode of this podcast, back in season one, Natural Geekery will always be free as a payback for this amazing game community and everything it has done for me in my life which is quite a bit. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the show, everyone. Thanks for listening. I I wish you an amazing, geeky new year. And remember, man, you are needed out here. Your creativity, your inspiration, just you. You may not realize it, but you are needed out here. And I hope you have an amazing 2021 coming up in the next few days. Keep shining, everybody. I will see you next year. Take care. Bye-bye.